0: I'm not pulling on the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work at home edition. Okay. Uh, having lots of people I talk to. So today I have Chris Mooney to talk all about the making of Commander or Streets of Nuka Penna Commander Decks. Hey, Chris. Hello. Okay. So you were in charge of the design for the, there's four, four no, there's five Commander Decks. Yes. One for each family. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. Um, Okay, I mean, obviously, you knew you. I mean, we knew from the very, very beginning you were doing the five, the five factions. That was a given from the get go. Um, But what were the challenges in figuring out what they 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 did?
1: Right. So um, when we start making commander decks, typically we're starting maybe halfway ish through set design. So uh, of the main set. So what that means is that um, the major themes of the set have been determined, the, most of the mechanics have been nailed down, um, and a large part of the flavor and the world building has also been done. So coming in, we have a lot to work with, um, but also we sort of, you know, that we also have a lot of things that we need to um, accomplish in order to make sure that we're sort of lining up with the expectations people have for the main set. Um, So for each of these five families, we had the general idea of what they were all about flavor-wise, what they were about mechanically, and we knew mostly what each of the mechanics um, was doing. And so a large part of our early explorations was basically taking those and coming
0: up with what would be fun ideas to build commander decks around. So when you build commander decks, do you start with the commander or you start with your theme? Like Where do you start? It depends from set to set, because
1: sometimes sets have themes we know we want to do, and so we'll sort of say, hey, we already know what the theme is, Um, and other sets will be, oh, we don't really know what direction we want to go in, let's just make some cool commanders and see what kind of decks come up with. Um, In this particular one, we sort of knew what the ideas were for each family, so the first deck that we built was based around the family's uh, mechanic, and... Uh, we sort of designed commanders specifically to go with those themes. Um, for you know, for each of these families, we had a you know, uh, for the maestros had casualty, so we said, what if your commander gave everything casualty? And the riveteers had blitz, so we said, what if the riveteers card gave everything blitz? Um, but some of the other mechanics weren't as obvious. So for the uh, the brokers, they have shield counters and we didn't really think it was very fun to just give all your creatures shield counters that wasn't a very interesting uh, commander so we started down the path of hey what are different kinds of counters that you could interact with
0: so here I'm going to read I'm going to read Perry uh, where's Perry yes Perry the pulverizer Perry the pulverizer I'm trying trying to find Perry do, do you know, do you have Perry do you know Perry yes, I've
1: got, I've got all the cards up I've got okay. to read Okay
0: so them. uh read Perry to me please All
1: right so, Perry the Pulverizer is 1 uh, GW for a 3-3 legendary creature rhino soldier. Um, when Perry enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target creature. And, as a reminder, shield counters uh, prevent an instance of damage or destruction on a creature. So, they're a, a one-time sort of extra life Um and whenever Perry attacks, target creature you control gets plus, gets trample and plus X plus X, where X is the number of different kinds of counters on permanents you
0: control. Okay, so obviously you make Perry, and it's, okay, he he cares about different counters. So, like, where does that lead you? Like, what what, what is that, what's the next step when you do something like that?
1: Right, so the first thing we did is we were like... Shield counter, only working with shield counters was a little boring, and it was a little frustrating to play, so what if instead of shield counters we cared about any kind of counter? And we thought, you know, oh, that could be fun, you know, you'll have some keyword counters in there from Ikoria, of course, plus one, plus one counters, um, you know, from from almost every set. Uh, So that seemed like it had a lot of possibilities. So the next step was basically saying, okay, if it's a deck that cares about different kinds of counters, let's go through all of Magic's history, and try to find, you know, what are the cards that give all sorts of different counters? And we found many, many very uh, funny, sometimes very uh, not-so-useful cards that had lots of different kinds of counters on them, and from among all of those, we sort of narrowed down to the ones that we thought both used different counters but also were um, actually effective, fun-to-play, useful cards in Commander. Do you have any idea how many
0: uh, car- how many different counters exist in the deck?
1: in the deck that's a good question i think it's something like 15 maybe um certainly we have almost every keyword counter that exists is in there and plus a bunch of sort of individual fun ones like there's a card with brick counters and a card with uh hoofprint counters um so oh and then uh right feather counters so we definitely went pretty deep one one that is um is a card that people play with often, but don't think about very much, is a Wall of Roots, which uses minus zero, minus one counters. So that was a uh, you know a card that you probably played with uh, before if you played a lot of Magic, but probably you haven't cared about that specific
0: kind of counter in your deck. Yeah, one of the things that's a lot of fun, I know, when making commander decks is, can we care about something? that Magic has done, it's, it's not you're not making up something new, but that you're caring about it in a way that we've never cared about. So, right, it makes you track down old cards and care about a minus-0, minus-1 counter that means something. Right, and it's fun because
1: not only will people in the audience be able to go find some of those other cards we didn't include and put and add them to the deck if they would like, but also as we go forward in Magic, we will add lots of new kinds of counters, and each of those kinds is going to be able to increase the, you know... The potential that Perry has.
0: Yes, I, I can confirm we are making new counters. I know that for a fact. Okay, so... A- Anhello gives Casualty. Henze gives Blitz. Uh, we talked about Perry. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Camille's Obscura Oculus. So Let, let me read this yes. card real quick. One I'm white, blue, black. Uh, it's a legendary creature. cephalid Rogue, 2 4 Whenever you attack, target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. It connives, then choose another attacking creature with lesser power. That creature gains double strike till end of turn. And then uh, connive means to have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded a non-land card, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature.
1: Yes, so Kameez is a a good example of kind of some of the challenges that we face um, when working with this card. So when we first made um, Kameez, the first idea we had was what if she uh, just lets you connive a whole bunch? Um, that had a couple of, of difficulties. One was that um, conniving a lot uh, over and over can be challenging. Um, you have to draw a card, then discard a card, draw a card, and then discard a card. Um, and so it can be, you, it's a lot of decisions to make. It takes a long time. Um, so we found that that was frustrating, And we came up with the idea of what if instead of conniving a bunch of times in a row, it was connive X. So the idea of, cool, instead of drawing one and discarding one, I'll draw X and discard X. And that makes it a lot faster, a lot easier to um, perform a bunch of a multi connive. However, then we faced the next challenge, which is that in the main set, the main set team also wanted to have Rafine, who is the Sphinx demon, the leader of the obscura um they wanted uh Rafine to also connive X, and we were like at the end of the day, the main set should have this cool awesome mega connive design um and the commander set will figure out something else cool to do um so that was sort of the first challenge was we we solved the connive problem, but then the main set uh came in and took took connive x so the next thing we looked at was Okay, well, what are sort of deck themes that work well with, um, you know, conniving? And so we tried out a lot of different things. We tried some drawing and discarding. We tried some plus one, plus one counter matters. Um, Ultimately, none of those decks uh, we felt were really coming together very well. Um, They weren't, it was difficult to make commanders for those in the colors that we had. Um, It was difficult to sort of design new cards that we thought were really inspiring. Um... So, uh, we sort of started looking for other options, and the one that we liked the most was saboteurs. Saboteur, for people who don't know, is sort of slaying for creatures that, um, have an effect when you deal combat damage to another player. Um, this was something that felt really flavor wise appropriate for the Obscura. You know, they're sneaky, they're spies, and they kind of, you know, um, that the flavor of that of sneaking through your enemy's defenses and hitting them, um, really made a lot of sense. So, we then started down the path of having building this deck uh, around the saboteur effects. And that was working out really well. Um, ultimately, where Kamiz ended up was we essentially liked the idea of being able to uh, make a creature unblockable so that she can help get through your creatures with saboteur effects. Um, but then this double strike ability also gives you the option of taking one of your maybe smaller flying saboteurs and giving the double strikes that can actually have their saboteur ability go off twice in a turn. Um, so she ends up in a very tricky space, a little bit, not as obvious as some of the other commanders, but when when we make commanders, we like to have some of them be a little bit more obscure, pun intended, um, and a little bit more, you have to figure out what the puzzle is, but there's lots of interesting things that you can do with it.
0: Okay, Um Let's go on to Kit Canto, Mayhem Diva. Um, she is of uh, the Caporetti. So uh, the card is 1 red, green, white. So 4 mana total, 1 of each of the 3 colors. 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Cat, Bard, Druid. When Kit Canto enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. At the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap 2 untapped creatures you control. When you do, target creature that player controls gets plus 2, plus 2, and gains trample to end of turn. Goad that creature. Yes,
1: so when it came to the Cabaretti deck, the Cabaretti are all about make, going wide and making lots of tokens. Um, in the history of Magic, we've done a lot of uh, Naya-colored uh, commanders that like to go wide. So we basically said, hey, if we're making another go-wide deck, let's see if we can think of uh, sort of a twist on it, something new to bring to the space. Um and since the cabaretti are all about sort of partying um, and, you know, inviting everyone over for a good time, they like the idea of a commander that was a little bit more about politics, a little bit more about forcing other people to attack for you um, and maybe the, making them get mad at, at one another. Um, so that's sort of where Kit's design came from, this idea of uh, you want to have a lot of tokens, but rather than just making a big army and attacking, you can make a big army and
0: then have other people attack each other. Yeah, also, we should point out that Goad has, uh, I guess we've called it like Evergreen for Commander decks. It's just been an ability we're, we're using a lot.
1: Yes, the, uh, we're definitely going to see more Goad moving forward. Um, Goad is something that we enjoy just for helping to push games forward, cause action to happen. Um, and uh, this uh, product in particular has a lot of Goad um, because of the sort of political
0: theming of the deck's. So I want want to quickly just talk about the the two other Commanders. We sort of briefly talked about them, but I I do want to bring them up to talk about these two decks. So first off is um, Anhalo the Painter. Uh, He is from the Maestros. Uh, Legendary Creature, Vampire, Assassin, 1-3, Death Touch. The first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has Casualty 2. Yes, so
1: um, Anhalo... is one of the ones that has changed probably the least since we first thought of it. Um, Casualty is a very fun ability to grant to uh, your spells. Um, And we really like the idea of you're a spells deck, but casualty really requires you to have sacrifice fodder in order to work. So it was a very different kind of spells deck where you sort of had to think about, okay, what are the creatures I'm putting in my spells deck in order to fuel um, all of this copying? we, yeah, so this was a fun deck to build, and we found there were a lot of interesting things um, to do with it. Uh, and this was, yeah, again, an example where we had an idea right off the bat. It worked really well. It pretty much worked through all of design, and so we were really happy uh, with how it turned out.
0: Okay, so the final one is the Riveteers. Uh, Henzi Toolbox Tory Black, Red, Green, so three mana total, 3-3, three, three, Legendary Creature, Devil Rogue, each creature spell you cast with mana value 4 or greater has Blitz. The Blitz cost is equal to its mana cost. And Blitz means you may choose to cast that spell for its Blitz cost. If you do, it gains haste. And when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice the beginning of the next end step. Blitz cost you pay costs one less for each time you've cast your commander, for the commander from the commander zone this game.
1: Yeah, so uh, Henzi is... Right, very similar to On Hello... Blitzing out, uh, you know, giving blitz to a lot of your creatures. We liked, uh, having a restriction on the mana value because when it came to, uh, creatures that were small, it was pretty much just, hey, play every single creature that has a, uh, you know, a strong ETB, um, for really cheap. And, and that wasn't as interesting. That wasn't as fun. We liked saying, no, fill your deck with big stuff. And then when you blitz them out, actually attack people with your giant creatures, um, so, uh, Henzi's second ability was uh, designed so that it would work both with, you know, his first ability, but also with Blitz cards from the main set. So, whatever cool Blitz cards you happen to open in Streets of New Capenna, you could put in this deck, and they would also get discounted.
0: Okay, so now that we've talked about each of the five decks, I, I want to talk about some larger things that are going on here. So, first up, um there are a lot of old mechanics showing up, so let's talk about that a little bit. That's right. So uh,
1: early on in our design team, I kind of enjoyed the idea of going through old magic uh, keywords and finding some that I thought would fit really well uh, with this world. So, for example, um, the, the mechanic addendum is a mechanic that we've made previously for a faction, um, but it seems like it would be a perfect fit for the brokers who are a you know, lawyer faction. They literally are all about contracts. Um, so uh, we decided that we wanted to make an addendum card because so that seems like a fun throwback that thematically fit um and kind of inspired by that we went through and found tons and tons and tons of these old keywords and decided to bring a bunch of them back just for you know single cards here and there in order to add a little bit of you know texture and some fun throwbacks
0: uh, for longtime fans and so i want to talk a little bit like that wasn't that isn't something we used to do, right? That isn't something that was sort of a normal thing. Um, and, and hint, it's becoming a thing. But I, I wanted, <laughs> I just want to talk a little behind the scenes. Like, how did you right. go from, we didn't do this, to we're now doing this?
1: Well, right. Prior to this, it's something that we very occasionally did it. Maybe one card per Commander product or something brought an old keyword back. Um, but for me, I was like, hey, I find these designs you know very charming um we they've got we've got a lot of interesting things that we can do um some of the mechanics fit super well with what the decks want to do and whenever we playtest people are always like oh that's neat i love that this mechanic is back or that mechanic is back so internally we were like hey this seems like it's pretty cool we all like this um and when we talked about it as a as a design group the commander designers were like yeah previously we sort of um there was a sentiment of, oh, we don't want to do it too much. But we all sort of checked in and we were like, all of us really like this idea. Um, So we kind of, it just sort of took one person saying, hey, I like this. I think it's cool. I want to do it for everyone else to be like, yeah, that is really cool. Let's all start doing that. So, um, right. I'm super looking forward to seeing more of these old mechanics return. I've gotten tons of great feedback from the audience of, you know, mechanics that are are so, you know, niche or, you know, um, you know, are very not known by many people. Some, someone out there will be like, this is my favorite mechanic. I'm so happy to see it come back. Um, and for a lot of these mechanics, they might not be mechanics that we will return to very soon or maybe ever. They might only have a couple of more designs that are that you can make with them. Um, and so Commander products are a great place to sort of bring those back and, uh, you know, celebrate the, the kind of like deep well of old magic
0: mechanics that we have. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think Modern Horizons has really taught us is um, there are magic mechanics that like, look, there's just not enough meat on the bone really to revisit it in any big way, but there might be like a really cool individual design with it. And I know that Modern Horizons really w- was able to do that very successfully. And I-, I-, I like to see this as sort of a extension of that of, hey, here's a resource. Why can't we make cool things? You know, what's don't, don't stop us from making cool things.
1: Yeah, and I think that, uh, right, we'll see, definitely see more of this moving forward. And also, uh, one a nice thing about this as well is that for the people who are fans of these old mechanics, they get a, a few new cards to play with. But for a lot of new uh, Magic players, seeing these mechanics for the first time can help sort of send them on a quest of like, oh, this mechanic seems fun. I wonder what other cards exist. And they can sort of learn about some sets that
0: they maybe weren't around for. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is kind of what are the advantages and the challenges of designing commanders within the same worlds as the main set?
1: Yes, so the advantages are that, you know, we have a lot of material to work with. Um, You know, as you often say, right, restrictions breed creativity. Having a fully blank slate is sometimes very daunting. You can just kind of make whatever, but starting out with this very strong, like, you know, this is what the world is, this is what the factions are, um, gives us a lot of stuff to kind of, you know, we can use as a springboard as inspiration. Um, on top of that, these characters in particular, um, were sort of characters that had been developed by uh, the creative team. And we have saw most of these characters actually show up in the New Capenna web fiction. Um, so that was also a huge benefit in that there's actually able to be some backstory on these characters and people are able to become familiar with them and sort of be like, oh, I read the story about Perry. Now I'm excited to see Perry's card. Um, the challenges are definitely that sometimes you will have a specific theme or a mechanic that is tricky to make work in um, in a commander deck that then ha- sort of sets you down a different path. So camille's uh and kit are sort of both good examples that we talked about earlier where the obscura it was like all right connive you know it was pretty useful but it was difficult for us to build a full deck around it we kind of had to go in a different direction um and kit was something where it's pretty easy to build around going wide <laughs> but we've done it a lot before so we wouldn't to find new unique space um another good example from a different commander product that i worked on was um For Neo Kamigawa, when we first started um, making uh, the commander decks for that product, we were like, all right, we're making two commander decks for Neo Kamigawa. What if we did ninjas and samurai? You know, they're very popular, very famous, uh, you know, these creature types that people love. Um, But the, the issue is that when we started to investigate it, it was, hey, a lot of really cool ninjas and samurai are actually in the main set they're in Neo Kamigawa. And so it wasn't really, there wasn't nearly as much space there for us to explore because we were already making a lot in the main set. So that's why we decided to go in different directions and choose two themes that were kind of underrepresented in the main set. So that's another challenge that sometimes the main set uh, is going to make cards that are very similar to the ones that you might make from your commander deck and you have to choose a different
0: direction to go in. Okay, so I want to help the audience understand a little bit about the nuts and bolts of making these. So... You get a design team. how How do we act, How do you actually make the decks? How, what's the structure to making them behind the scenes? So, generally speaking,
1: the first thing that we will do is come up with uh, themes of the decks, um, and that includes colors, uh, of course. For Streets of New Capenna, we already knew what the colors were because the families were sort of the whole uh, identity of the set. Um, but for other sets, we we'll also have to choose what colors the decks are going to be. Um, the typically the thing that we do first is we will put together a deck comprised um, an almost entirely of old cards. Um, typically, we'll make a couple new cards. Usually, we'll make a you know a new. We'll almost always make a new commander to play test that deck. The purpose of that is for us to see, hey, is this a strategy that actually works? at all. Because at the end of the day, even though we make a lot of new cards for these Commander decks, the majority of the decks are still going to be old cards. So, if there aren't enough reprints that we can use to make the theme work, then it's just not going to be able to be a functioning deck. Um, But, assuming that it, it works decently well, then we start going, okay, we know that this theme is pretty good, let's start making some brand new cards and putting those in and start testing them. And from that point forward, we just sort of constantly are playing the decks over and over and over again, making changes to both the new cards and to which reprints we're including until we sort of get all of them into a spot that we
0: like. So how many people are usually on a commander design team?
1: Generally speaking, the number of people on a commander design team is about the same as the number of decks that are being made. So for example, for Streets of New Capenna, um, our, we had five people on our design team for the most, for most of the length of the team. Um, and, but smaller ones, like if we're only making two decks for a set, we'll typically only have, you know, two people.
0: So usually each deck is, has someone sort of the the main person for it, not that other people don't get involved, but. Right. Everyone is involved with all the decks, especially
1: the design lead is always involved with all of the decks. Um, but Typically, it's a good sort of division of labor for each design uh, team member to take one of the decks, focus on that one. And then oftentimes, halfway through or so, you'll actually switch up the decks and everyone will take a different one. So that just that you're getting different eyes on the different decks and different people have different styles of building decks. So they might recognize some weaknesses that are present
0: that uh, someone else maybe wouldn't have seen. So what would you say is the biggest hurdle that making Commander decks tends to run into? I
1: think the biggest hurdle is, and this is just generally true of of designing for Commander, is that uh, Commander is an eternal format, it has a legacy card pool, it never rotates. So that means that when we make new cards, we have to be very conscious about the effect that they're gonna have long-term. So we spend a lot of time trying to think about when we're adding new cards to the format, what new things are these cards allowing people to do? What old things are they supporting? Um, and you know, balancing that is a very tough uh, tightrope to walk. Thankfully, you know, in in the recent uh, you know maybe past couple months, we have uh, we now have the casual play design team, which is a team that's focused specifically on testing cards for um, formats such as Commander. Uh, so. Moving forward, I think we're going to see even even more, uh, you know, attention being given to that area of design. Um, but, of course, this team didn't exist when I was working on Streets of New Capena, so a lot of it just fell onto me and the other designers to test the decks and try to balance the cards to the best of
0: our ability. Yeah, one of the things I always talk about is how design is iterative, and, you know, the more we make commander decks, the better we get at making commander decks, the more experience and, you know, lessons and stuff along the way yeah I think that uh
1: we have seen over the past two years or so that the quality of the commander decks um at least based on the feedback that the fans have been giving us that the that people have been really liking them, and I think a large part of that is because we we make more now, which allows us to get more and more practice and become more and more skilled at the kinds
0: of facing the challenges that come up with these products okay so we're we're not too far from being done here, so I have two last questions for you. number one is. If you could pick one trick for one of the decks, something that people might not think of that is a fun little thing you guys stumbled upon while playtesting, what's a fun little, not obvious thing that people could do with one of the five decks?
1: Hmm. That's very interesting. It's... That is a tricky question. I think what I will use as my example is uh, a play that I saw happen the other night when we we were playing with the decks. Uh... Oscar, Rubbish Reclaimer, is a card that allows you to, uh, cast cards when you discard them. Um, he works very well with Knive, uh, and we had a great moment where somebody attacked, uh, with Kamiz, connived, and then discarded a Cypher card, and then cast the Cypher card and ciphered it onto their creature that was attacking, and then hit someone, and immediately got to recast the Cypher card, um... And, and you know, get get a ton of value out of that attack. So uh, that was a super cool play that I got to see. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, there are a lot more tricky plays that can be done with Oscar and being able to cast cards off of discarding them at, at times that you might not normally be able to.
0: Real quickly, just for the audience that might not know off the top of their head. Oscar, Rubbish Reclaimer, three blue-black, legendary creature, human wizard, three-three. The spell costs one less to cast for each different mana value among cards in your graveyard. Whenever you discard a non-land card, you may cast it from your graveyard. Okay, my final question for you is um, is there anything about the decks that we haven't touched upon that you would love to let the audience know about? Anything that I, I didn't hit upon yet?
1: I think uh, the one sort of large topic uh, that I would just want to call out um, and you know, I've talked about it a lot online um, and in other interviews is uh, that there are a lot of white cards in this product that are really starting to push into the new space that we've just we've kind of opened up for white card draw Um, it's something that players have been asking for for a long time and as the white color pie counselor this was sort of an opportunity for me to bring some of those new design space uh to the forefront and give people um you know some some options uh using those tools that we've added into white Um, we there are quite a few in this set. Uh, we are definitely trying to sort of start high and give people a lot of options. Um, I wouldn't expect that we would see this many white card draw cards in products moving forward, but this is sort of marks the beginning of kind of a new era of us trying to give white more card draw options in Commander.
0: Yeah, and we, we spent, a, uh, the, the team, the console callers spent a long time sort of carving out, and I will point out to anybody that, uh, as I talked about earlier, there's a lot of iteration that goes on. So, like, we're we're testing the boundaries of what we think is the right thing. We will see the players play with it. You know, we will come back, and there's a lot of give and take. So, like, once we see what the, what the world does with it, that will influence future things as well, because um, it's one thing to make them. It's another to sort of see them live and breathe in, in the actual environment.
1: Yep, I'm super looking forward to seeing what everybody does with these cards. Well,
0: anyway, uh, I'm at my desk. So uh, we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. But I want to thank you, Chris, for being with us. Thanks for having me. And to everybody else, I will see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.